0: What's up, bucketheads? It's Joe with at CBB DFS. I'm here with Bird. Let's get started. We got a Saturday slate to talk about. Our first Saturday morning shoot around, uh pod of the year. Yeah, do we do we even remember how to do this? We did these all the time
1: last year, and we've had you know some some family stuff going on lately, and uh, holidays. We got to shake the rust off.
0: Yeah, we do, and we're without James, as we mentioned in the first pod. Or those of you us who've been following our daily posts, uh, we've been kind of a two-man show this year. Um, but uh, I want to be quick. I want to be efficient. I want to give bucketheads what they want, and I kind of want to mirror the way we've been writing it up because that's gotten pretty good feedback so far.
1: Yeah, it has. I think the concise perspective has been really helpful. Um, so we'll do that. And, you know, a couple of housekeeping notes, real quick. You know, bucketheads, if you want to leave a rating or review uh, for the podcast, you can find us on all the major podcasts providers you know that would be great uh if you want to donate we have a donate tab on the website uh, we do this all for free and uh, if you want to sign up for prize picks use promo code cbbdfs for 100 percent deposit match it helps you win a bunch of money we've been really good at prize picks this year joe yeah. and yeah uh, you know it helps us out a little bit too so
0: for sure yeah it definitely does give us a little bit of help and it's a good way to show your love but uh, as far as the slate on Saturday, this is the day slate, right? So we're talking about only seven games, and it looks like the prize pool is only a thousand bucks to first.
1: Yeah, it's baby steps, right? We got to get through college football season, and then hopefully we start seeing some some better prize pools.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I think that'll happen. Normally, once we get through the holidays and into January, and in conference prizes do come up a little bit. So there there are there is goodness on the horizon. We just need to kind of wade through the the muck right
1: yeah we do pricing seems to be a little bit better uh, at least you know today's slate on friday and then saturday's slate looks a little bit better
0: you you went there you went there i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna bring up pricing but when i was talking about wading through the muck that was another thing i was gonna allude to the fact that pricing is finally starting to regulate a little bit after a rough first month
1: oh my god it's been horrible but you know what we're we're still here we're still bringing the heat every day we've had a lot yep. of bucket heads win a lot of money already this year and, and our plan is that for that to continue to happen and
0: then hopefully on Saturday you a 280 doesn't miss the cash line like earlier this week.
1: Oh my god oh my God <laughs> anyways anyways we'll get started hey you know so so Joe one of your games here in the SEC's first Memphis is visiting Old Miss uh, Ken Palm has this as 70 to 68 Memphis so that's an over under of 138 Memphis top 10 team in tempo. Uh, Joe, any thoughts on this game? Uh,
0: yeah, it's gonna be sloppy. Um, I I don't. <laughs> Memphis just uh, what's the the we are who they thought they were? I don't know. They're 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 oh they're God. uh they're they're a sloppy young team right now, and I, I have major concerns about this Memphis Tigers team that. You know, a lot of people were super high on early, but you're talking about turnovers, 349th in the nation in turnovers. Um, Ole Miss isn't a world beater, but they just got beat by Georgia. Georgia was uh, expected to finish worst in the SEC. Memphis just got beat by Iowa State. Iowa State was uh, projected to finish last in the Big 12. We know some of the plays can be fun and the tempo is fun, but I'm not running, I'm not racing to, uh, I'm not racing to get in on this game. Are you, Bert? No. I One, I hate Memphis. Their, their offense is a complete joke. Like, they just
1: roll the ball out. There's no fluidity. There's no—it's it, just horrible. It, it's just a frickin' mess. You know, there's two players that I'd probably look at at Memphis. DeAndre Williams uh, being one at 5,100. He's been 5X in, in three of his last four games. We saw the Evansville transfer play really well last year. Starting to play a little bit more minutes lately. Um, And then Alex Lomax at thirty nine hundred. He's coming off the bench now, um, but he's been Mm -hmm. right around five X over his last five games. And yeah, they need some stability at point guard. I mean, that offense looks I mean, it's just a joke. So those are those are two maybe options for Memphis. But I agree with you, Joe. I'm not really running to find a way to get any Tigers in my lineup.
0: What about Durden at 8,600? He had 30 DK his last game, but, I mean, this is a guy who has tons of talent, 61 points uh, in a game against Western Kentucky earlier in the year. Would you consider paying up for him? Someone's going to score in this game.
1: Yeah, Memphis has got an implied total of 70, and, and he is he is their best player. I mean, Amani Bates has been really bad. I think yeah. my concern with Durden right now as he gets in foul trouble and he has been in foul trouble every game the last three games, and you know that's a scary thing. Penny's going to sit him after two fouls in the first half, and it's just you know for that price tag at, at this over under, it, it just scares me a little bit. Maybe I'm just soft though, Joe. Maybe I'm soft.
0: No, 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 no. I I agree. It scares me as well. Uh, uh, Old Miss, you know they're not a great team, but they're very middle of the pack and kind of everything they do. So they're not fast. I wouldn't call them slow. Um, they're not a bad rebounding team, but I wouldn't call them a good rebounding team, uh, on the old miss side of things, Jarkel joiners, their uh, lead guard. Uh, he's got a 25% shot share. I think, uh, at 6,800 in a game that could have some additional steals in it due to the general sloppiness of that team. Uh, that's someone you could look at. Same thing with uh, Austin Crowley down there at 4,400. He's actually a little better perimeter defender and could uh, benefit from uh, the pace and, and the sloppiness here. Those are the two Ole Miss guys I'm looking at, but I'm probably not going much deeper than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only you could maybe make a, a deep punt play at that uh, Jameen Breakfield, the former Dukey. I think he's averaging around ten points and five rebounds a game. I at thirty six hundred, I, I probably made worse plays in my life. But <laughs> uh, again, I, I don't think we're trying to to jam any pieces in our in our lineup from this game.
0: Yeah, Brickfield's out of the starting lineup right now, but he did get thirty minutes, close to thirty minutes off the bench yesterday. So if if he's going to get that kind of run, that's that's a lot of savings if if you want to get a if you have that kind of thirty eight hundred dollar hole in your utility or forward lineup.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, Joe, let's pivot over to that Clemson Miami game. Uh, Clemson's uh, favored 71 to 70 on Ken Palm uh, over under right around 141. And, you know, James used to be our ACC guy. And, you know, now it's us, Joe, we've got to watch a lot of ACC basketball, which really isn't isn't very good basketball this year. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, no, it's not really. But I think that kind of resonates through a lot of the conferences. No one's really stood out. I mean, top teams of the Big 12 have been good, but no, uh, a- a- ACC basketball. You know, even the Miami team, which has had some fun guys in the past, doesn't have uh, doesn't have the, the the swag that it used to have. What would you say you have their implied total at? Uh, it's right around 141.
1: Okay. Total. So it's got Clemson 7170 on Ken Palm.
0: So at least it'll be a good game. So, you know, you get a little extra run for your starters, right?
1: Yeah. Well, in Miami, you look at some of the players on their team, you know, McGusty, Wong, Charlie Moore. Like, this team doesn't play defense. So that's a nice thing, right? I mean, that's that's something we look for. And and really, you know, P.J. Hall, down at 5,200, he's had a little bit of foul trouble recently. But he's got 30% shot share. He's a solid rebounder. Uh, Miami's defense is 300th in effective field goal percentage defensively. So I kind of like his price at 5,200. And uh, and I also kind of like Nick honor, uh, a guard at 4,900. He's a 46% three point shooter. Miami is giving up 40% from three this year and he's 1300 cheaper than Alamir Dawes. So those are two options maybe for Clemson against a a Miami D that, that is not very good.
0: And then if Miami's going to have to keep pace, McGusty at eighty four hundred, you know that him and Wong they, they they take all their shots like you said. So, uh, is that the direction you would lead? I don't see really anything else. What about the former well traveled uh, uh, Charlie Moore?
1: I can't play Charlie Moore anymore. I just <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Too many I mean, bad memories. It's been seven years. <laughs> oh my god, he has been around forever. I think you're right. You know, Cam augusti has got four games over thirty five DK points this season, kind of the highest usage on the team. They're kind of spread out offensively. Um, I know Augusti's taking the most shots, but but you're right, you know, Wong's gonna take a bunch of shots. Charlie Moore's gonna shoot it every time he touches it. it their, their forwards aren't aren't great, in, in my opinion. You know, if, if I'm gonna spend up at guard, I'd probably rather go look at the Villanova game against St. Joe's and a pace up game versus trying to figure out what the hell is gonna happen with the hurricane guards.
0: Sounds good. I don't think we need to spend any more time on that one.
1: Yeah, let's shift over to that St. Joe's uh, Villanova game, because really, you know, it's got a nice over under of 142. Uh, the, the concern there is really is is, is does Nova blow them out and, and you don't get the starters as much? So I know, Joe, you've watched a lot of Nova this year. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game?
0: Well, you know, they haven't been on a lot of slates, though. So we haven't had a chance to play Nova that much this year. And now we're getting the the kind of residual effect of what they've done showing up on a slate. So the pricing I I was not happy with when I looked at it for Nova. You know, uh, your boy, Jalen Samuels, eighty five hundred dollars. Now, he's a guy that for the last three years has been between five and six. And we've smashed into lineups because he can do so many things. Well, now he's at 8,500 and this matchup, you know, just screams uh, played Samuels. But I don't know if I can at this price point. You know, he's not going to get a guaranteed 30, especially like you said, if this game gets a little bit out of control. So between him and Justin Moore and Gillespie all around 8K, even even Slater 7,500, it's hard to find the wildcat that screams great play here. Um, one might want to consider Eric Dixon. He's someone who's a little more affordable at 5,400. He's been with the, in the system for a couple of years. Super talented. He can rebound. He can get some ancillary production. And he's a pretty productive player when he gets some some touches on the offensive end too. So maybe I look at uh, Eric Dixon, but I'm not going to take any of those those uh, those uh, high priced options. What about you? Probably aren't either. I would assume.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're probably cash game targets at best. Um, you know, more forex sure, sure. type type of return. But with the blowout risk, you know, one of them go off. You're, you're right, Jermaine Samuels. I mean, we hoped he'd be in the mid six k range like he was all last year, and we'd smash the button. And I just don't think we can right now. For for St. Joe's, you know, Jordan Hall is kind of their guy. And Joe, he's really right up your alley. Six seven can play the one through four position offensively. Highest usage on the team, highest assist rates, really good rebounder uh, at 7,300. I, I, we know Nova is going to be solid defensively, but we love those guys who can fill up the fill up the stat sheet and, and a 6-7, you know, point forward. That's that's the type of guy you love.
0: Yeah, and you know he's we've had St. Joe's on the slate twice, and of course I've played him both times. Uh, first time he was 68, second time he was 7,000. This time he's 73, but I, I think he's going to draw Samuel's, so we'll want to take the scoring down. But it is nice to have that ancillary floor for sure. Uh, Jordan Hall at 7,300 is very playable, especially if they can hang around. And, and in this one, he's going to be a big reason why they do. Outside of that, Obina is someone that we've called out in write-ups in the past. You know, this is a, a 6'10 big who's had some nice games uh, for St. Joe's. He's someone you might want to take a look at for $5,000. I'll, I'll take that kind of production.
1: Yeah, Obina's averaging 27 DK points over his last three games, playing a little bit more minutes lately. Uh, yeah, so so I do like that one. And, and this is this would be a super, super deep cut, um, but Jack Forrest is down at the minimum 3,000. He was a guy who played around 30 minutes a game last season. I think he's battling some injuries, but he did play 20 minutes, you know, over the last two games. Uh, he's he's kind of a full-blown, you know, desperation punt play, but just kind of interesting as a guy who who played pretty well last year, who who may be returning to form a little bit.
0: Shoot for a shoot.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Oh, oh that's that's <laughs> bad. That's that's that bad. That was.
1: Well, hey, we we said we were going to be a little rusty, so.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean. Our
1: jokes will improve.
0: Hopefully they, they come back around. Uh, well, we should Marquette. have some good
1: opportunities here with uh, with Brad Davison in Wisconsin. We can get some nut punch jokes in here and, and, and do some things like that. So are we let, good moving on let, to Marquette, Wisconsin? Let's
0: get us those. Let's, let, let's, yeah. get on, let's get into those, yeah.
1: So, so Wisconsin's favored 74 to 65 on Ken Palm. So over under of 139. Uh, Marquette's playing the number three tempo in the nation. Uh, second shortest offensive possession rate in the nation right now um so so they're playing really fast which is something that we really like and marquette really their, their pricing was fairly low uh overall just in this game in general i thought the pricing was was pretty favorable so joe what what are your thoughts on marquette
0: uh, you know uh daryl morsel's been amazing for them what a what a great pickup he's turned out to be he's at 7100 but he's leading the team uh or uh, of the regulars he's leading the team in usage and he's just been a a really good player at the guard position, uh, nice assist rates. He's someone that I would definitely consider, and he's already shown some some ceiling in games this year, going for 32, 30, 39 in games already. So Morcel is the first name that really pops out at me. Um, behind him, you know, is someone to look at. Lewis is kind of their, their ball hoggy shot share guy at 7,400 against a slower Wisconsin team. I'm not in love with that, but... I definitely think consider Morsell and Kolak for uh, 5700, especially if he can get hot. Kolak yeah. hasn't shot the ball that well this year, but we know he can. I guess
1: we can. He played really well against Illinois, um, you know. So maybe he can. He did. He can replicate that a little bit against Wisconsin. You know, Kirk Quoth, that Oklahoma transfer, he's averaging 5x over his last six games at 4000. He's not a big usage guy, but he's an elite shot blocker kind of energy guy. Not going to play a ton of minutes, but he's kind of a cheap. A cheap flyer as well, if you're looking to get weird with uh with some Marquette plays.
0: And I got one more Marquette flyer, though. If, if Cam Jones drew a start last game. Uh, I'm not sure if Shaka just wanted to give the freshman a, a go ahead or whatever, but he responded, played 24 minutes, had eight points, you know, five assists. Uh, so he's all the way down there, I think at 3,800. Yeah, 3,800 for Cam Jones. And, and that might be another punt play if you're looking, again, like we talked earlier, for someone in that low or high 3,000 range that fits a hole in the lineup.
1: Nice. I like that one. You know, on, the, on the Wisconsin side, so Wisconsin's going to get that pace-up game, which is something that we really like. And, and Jonathan Davis has been—or Johnny Davis has been just unbelievable this year. He's he's only 7,200. He's averaging 35 DK points uh, on the season. I, I uh, Seems like a great option to me. What do you think?
0: Yeah, oh, uh, smash Jonathan Davis. I'm going to play him until his price is in the eights and nines because I just think he's— I, I th- one, I think he's that good. I, I think there's no one else on that team who can do what he does, um, which is go get a bucket. And that's 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 just something he's been amazing at. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm smashing Jonathan Davis until they price me away from him.
1: Well, one thing Johnny Davis can't do is nuts, nuts. smash the guy right in the nuts like Brad yep. Davison can. So, <laughs> but until until DK starts putting some ball punching stats, I he actually has had some good games this year. Um, but but at sixty seven hundred, you know, I, I'd rather spend five hundred more and, and go find a way to get Johnny Davis. Uh, yeah. Tyler Wall at forty seven hundred. It's kind of a, a lower usage player offensively, uh, mm-hmm. but he's on the court all game long. He He's not a terrible option. I wouldn't say he's a great option, but he's 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 OK. Kind of middle of the
0: road. Yeah. And I like Stephen Crowell. Fifty um, five hundred. It's not sexy, probably safe in your cash games. He's been a little quiet lately, um, but he's shown upside in the past.
1: Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think we hit on that game pretty well. So let's move over to another game involving a Big Ten team, San Diego State at Michigan. Uh, This game has an over-under of 125, which is horrible. Um, San Diego State top ten defensively, like they always are. Michigan's coming off just a horrible effort against UNC. Uh, You know, Joe, if they only scored 51 points against that UNC defense— what's Michigan
0: going to do against San Diego state? Uh, I don't know, man. I, this Michigan team, what are they now? Four and three. Yeah. That's not, that's not good. Hey, Michigan that's football not...
1: is good though. So we've got, for that now, for well. they'll lose
0: to Wisconsin today. <laughs> no, it's classic big 10. I don't want to go on a football rant, so I'm not going to, but uh, yeah, Michigan Hunter Dickinson, he's their top guy at 8,300. He's someone who was supposed to contend for player of the year. And he just, has been okay uh you know they they lost a lot of pieces from last year's team and it's it's hard to figure out michigan from a dfs standpoint and with a couple of their showings like you mentioned the 51 points against north carolina the 62 points against a, a not so great arizona team 65 against yeah. seton hall okay. these are th- these aren't good these aren't good showings so far there's not a lot to get warm and fuzzy about
1: no, I, I, it's it's really, really ugly. I'm probably going to avoid this game altogether. I mean, Lusa Diabate at 4,800, uh, he started last game. He's playing more minutes, and maybe he can get to 4X. Um, but really, the Michigan play is just, just nobody really stood out. Um, on the San Diego State side, Lamont Butler uh, broke his wrist. So I'm assuming Trey Pulliam moves over and plays point guard. Uh, Keith Dinwiddie is probably going to play a lot at, at shooting guard, and he's the minimum at 3K. He's played 20 minutes in back-to-back games, um, so he could see some more time. But overall, you know, on the San Diego State side, Bradley, Pulliam, Mensa, they all feel overpriced in a game of an over with an over/under of 125. I just, th- this game just kind of makes me want to puke in my mouth a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, that that is an accurate description. Uh, just like Michigan hasn't shown us much offensively, defensively they've been. OK. And we know the pedigree is there. They really need a get right game. So if Michigan hammers them, that's going to render everyone from San, San Diego State obsolete. And you don't know who's going to do it on the offensive side for Michigan. So uh, I'm good with that. Uh, you know, I'm good with moving on from here, actually.
1: OK, great. Well, let's move to a game, you know, a, a Tennessee team that then, you know, you know a little bit about. It's got uh, Ken Palm has Tennessee 72 to 69 over under sitting right around 141. Tennessee is playing fast this year. They've been pretty good defensively. Colorado is going to want to slow the pace down, uh, but they're very average defensively. What what stood out to you on uh, the, the Tennessee side?
0: I tell you what, what I think most about Tennessee and what this is the first time they've been on a slate this year, if I'm remembering correctly. But what's important is Tennessee is playing a lot of guys right now. Um, You know, Barnes is still trying to figure out his rotations. They're 23rd in the nation in bench minutes. And what that does, the pricing may seem good on the surface. But what that does is you're kind of robbing Peter to play Paul Uh, Vescovi, for example, is going to run the point and have the ball in his hands a lot. He's got the highest shot share and usage rate on the team. Well, when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, it's in Kenny Chandler's hands, um, who's got the second highest shot share and the second highest uh, usage on the team. But they're 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 taking away from one another, which is what's concerning to me when I look at their prices at 7,300 and 6,300. Um, they can play them together, but more than likely, it's going to be one of them dominating the ball uh, while they're on the floor with their group.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. Anytime these teams have a deep bench, it's really hard to kind of isolate who's going to be the guy that given day. Uh, Vescovi does have 30 DK points in four of the six games this season. And like you said, he, he does lead the team in shot share. Um, we, we probably think Kennedy Chandler is a better player, but but Vescovi has been pretty darn good this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's worth noting that Fulkerson had a minutes bump uh, last game. It was nice to see him get the start. Uh, Now, he didn't do much with it, but he's 5,800. And this is a guy who two years ago was darn near 18 and 10 a night. So if you're thinking about getting risky in a GPP, potentially potentially that's someone you can take a look at at 5,800. I don't think Colorado's got anything that's going to scare you in the paint. No,
1: they're they're very average defensively, and, and you know like like you said the the depth of Tennessee it, you know, Josiah Jordan James is a game, game time decision. If he does play, that adds even more to the rotation, even more uncertainty, even even more just kind of a mess. So it's a little bit jumbled. Um, on the Colorado side, uh, Jabari Walker at 6,800. He's he's really the best player for Buffalo or for the Buffs. Um, he's got 30 DK in four straight games, and, and Tennessee is very good defensively. Um, But but he's you know, he's solid and it's a home game. Uh, Evan Batty at fifty six hundred has twenty six percent shot share. He's their best offensive rebounder. Uh, He can hit an open three when it's available. Um, He had a little bit of foul trouble last game, but he played 30 minutes uh, in each of the three games prior to that and had 30 DK points in two of those three. So Evan Batty is a guy we know, a kind of a literal big man uh, down low for for Colorado. And then Keyshawn Bartholomew Bartholomew. At 3,900, he's very scoring dependent, but he's averaging 13 points a game. Maybe he can get hot at home. Uh, overall, this game is, yeah, you know, it's just kind of okay, right, Joe? Just kind of okay.
0: Yeah, just kind of okay. Uh, the pricing is enticing though. When you see only two guys over five grand, it, their guard, their backcourt really hasn't figured itself out though, right?
1: No, they're still trying to find themselves. I think they're kind of Colorado's in a little bit of a transition period right now. Uh, you know, when you lose McKinley, right? Who, who was phenomenal for for four straight years? It's really sure. hard. you have uh, not to worry about to, point uh, guard. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so they're definitely trying to find themselves. I, I do think Batty played a little bit more lately, and, and Walker is a good, talented player. Um, so so we'll see what they can do at home against a, a very solid uh, Tennessee
0: defense. We got one left on the slate to talk about, Bird. Uh, Louisville and NC State.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping you've got some hot takes on this game because because I'm not sure I do. Uh, NC State's favored 70 to 69 over under of 139 Louisville 45th and bench minutes uh, Malik Williams got priced up Samuel Williamson has been horrible Noah Locke shoots a lot but not many shots go in no hey, what, what are your thoughts right now on Louisville uh,
0: n- nothing <laughs> uh, no I, I was I was really upset to see Malik Williams get priced up because he's been in a fun ride for the couple times he's shown up on slates he's a he's a beast down low I'm not afraid of him at 7100 I think he'll be fine um, but, you know, obviously it was a lot of fun when he was f- $5,000. Uh, Dre Davis is someone who got 33 minutes against Michigan State and hit 6x on 12 different shots. He's all the way down there at 3500 So that's something I'm going to monitor uh, and something that might interest me. Um, and then flipping on the NC State side, we talked about uh, Malik Williams getting priced up. What about uh, uh, Duran Searborn? You know, after the triple OT seventy burger against Nebraska, he's all the way up at ninety five hundred. That's basically unplayable, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, C priced like LeBron James. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> hey, insane.
0: That's way better than. than <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, but that's I mean, incredible. I guess that's what happens. We're one for six today on jokes.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, we'll we'll, we'll get better bucketheads. Our, our humor will come back. We promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I, there's no way we're playing that, right? And and well, in NC State, just in general. It, it, it's a mess. Casey Morsell is a game time decision. If he plays, it's, it's a super mess. But you know, Cam Hayes, uh, Turquavian Smith are splitting time at point guard. Uh, Sebron's price to the moon. Hallams yeah. is probably overpriced. We we like Hellem's in general, but he's we do. He's a little bit he's
0: probably safe in cash. I would say he, he's been a pretty yeah. good player.
1: Yeah. I think I we think put him in prize um, picks. I, I like, like
0: you, yeah, I was going to say that, I, I think we point. put him in prize picks like four or five times too.
1: Yeah, we probably won three of those four, probably. Yeah,
0: that's about normal. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Dre Davis is probably the play that stands out to me the most here uh, overall in the game. He was the guy who started all of last year, and like you said, he's, he's played a lot of minutes last game. He's super cheap. A um, lot of uncertainty in this game. And, and really, I, I think that the pricing is, is more accurate on this slate. Um, it is. Which is good, um, but but it's also harder to find those plays. And then there's going to be some times where there's games that just nothing stands out. And that's okay. Like there's, 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 there's other games that are better priced, like the Marquette Wisconsin game, I felt had some, some favorable pricing in it. So, so maybe that's a game to look at, you know, we generally wouldn't stack a Wisconsin game, but, but that game is up-tempo <laughs> and, and, and things like that. so I think you've got to find your right spots and and just be really thoughtful in your, in your roster construction on Saturday.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree, and these slates are going to get bigger. Hopefully, these prize pools start coming up a little bit on these Saturday slates. This one's a little, little ho hum, but like I, like you said, we got action. We're here to bring you the info on the action. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I like that Marquette Wisconsin game. Uh, you know, that's that's the one that I think uh, I'll probably have the most pieces of. Miami, Clemson's easy to is interesting to me. I think Clemson's got a pretty good defense, but um, we know Miami can get loose and get sloppy and be DFS friendly at times too. But with those two circled, uh, that's where my focus will probably be at tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, I like that. I think you know, hopefully you know, maybe St. Joe's can keep it close against Villanova, and one of those guards can can come through, and then maybe Jordan Hall or uh, one of those St. Joe's plays can can keep a minute, uh, but yeah, I think we I think we hit on kind of the main points, Joe. It's it's good to be back. Uh, it's good talking to you. All
0: right, bucketheads. Right, bucket hey, heads. win
1: all the money like always.
0: Yeah, take it down, guys. Can't wait to get the season rolling. See you, bucketheads.